Thanks for tuning into our admissions and recruiting podcast series to help prospective students know more about the Ivy MBA experience. Today, Amy Froud, Associate Director for the Full-Time Admissions Recruiting, sits down with Southeast Asian alum Angela Espinas and Toon Ka to talk about their experiences in the program and discuss the key differentiators about the program, which made Ivy the right fit for them. Hope you enjoy the conversation. Hi everyone, my name is Tung Ka. Um, I, you know, I used to work in Vietnam, so I, in Ho Chi Minh City. So my previous role is project finance manager at Tracody. Uh, so it's one of, it's, <clears throat> at the time it's one of the largest like construction company in Vietnam. Uh, so I uh, like work with the bank and also investors, like foreign investors to fund our projects, uh, infrastructure, also real estate. Uh, in Vietnam. So yes, that's some of that. Perfect. Thank you. That's a great introduction. Um, And I think uh, a great segue into our next, uh, really the the topic. And so, uh, you know, the reason why, and so we're going to be talking about, you know, why the decision um, to leave you know your your previous roles and uh and to really explore and embark on the next phase of your career journey and so i think you know everyone has a different reason for thinking about an mba um and you know some may be wanting a transition um it could be maybe a stagnation uh within what you're doing uh you're looking for uh, a new role a new purpose new function whatever that might be or maybe it's a, a shift in geography so you know as a recruiter we hear all of those those different uh points of view uh when thinking about the mba but um it you know an mba is is really an important uh decision and and it's really important in terms of uh being very well-researched, um, you know, knowing what you want out of the MBA and, and whether it's the right fit. So I think, you know, that would lead me to the next question, uh, you know, why Ivy? So what was it about Ivy? What were the key differentiators? I think maybe we'll start there uh, that, that stood out to you. And so uh, it may be if Angela wants to start or, or Tung wants to start, but, you know, looking at MBA schools, because we know that, you know, you do research, you know, many, what was it the key piece? Like, what was the key piece stand out um, about ID that that drew you um, as an MBA school? I can go ahead if that's okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I've always wanted to do an MBA. That was definitely no question. And when I did my MBA, I wanted it to be as far away from my home country as possible, just because I wanted a different challenge. I wanted to get out of my comfort zone. Um, So um, a couple of my options, of course, were maybe the States or Canada. Um, I definitely wanted um, to be in an English-speaking country because I didn't want to have the challenge of being in, of learning a new language. So uh, why Ivy? I actually chose Ivy because because of the strong network. I do not have family here in Canada. I do have friends, um, but they're spread out across Canada, some in BC, some in Alberta, a couple of here in Toronto. Um, So I wanted to have a really strong network of people who can help support me as I create a new life here in Canada. And that's definitely one of the things that IV is really known for. And one of the things that um, stood out for me when I was looking at schools um, during the, uh, the recruitment process and the application process, I was put in touch with several alumni 
current students who definitely gave me um, a taste of what life with IV is like. And that was something that I really wanted for myself as I started in a new country without knowing anyone else. So that support really encouraged me to try out for IV. So um, I would say that's one of the biggest things that really drew me to IV. So I guess Tung can um, yeah. touch more upon the other. Um, <laughs> so for me, it's about a curriculum. Um, it's because um, I know what I want as well. So it's like uh, Angela is that I really want to do my MBA. I, I always want knows that I want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but like I look at the curriculums, like comparing them, like in North America, and because for me, actually in finance, I like sectors for many years, and I actually want to do something in investment banking. Okay. And North America is actually really strong about that. And actually, I when I'm looking like about investment banking, not that many like, universities like actually doing that, like schools doing that. So... <laughs> So I actually like because I want to do a little bit of value investing. So Columbia and like um, Ivy are really strong on that one. So so that's why like that's why actually is one of my uh, biggest factors with that one. And also about the career management team. So they're actually like they're working with you one on one. So every week you will meet the career management team. So that helps a lot with the coffee chats because I actually not really comfortable with the whole culture thing here so so for me it was like um it was actually much better like to actually have a coach like help me like throughout the whole section like how to talk and how actually to engage with people Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. Yes. And, and I'm glad you you brought that up. We will be talking about the career management support because that is a huge uh, component, a, a huge facet of the MBA program. And uh, so, yeah, just uh, you'll have more to add to that in, in a few minutes, I'm sure. Uh, but th- so thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your insights there. I think that those are all really great reasons. Uh, everyone's got different, you know, a, a different outlook and, and different purposes for, for choosing the MBA program. Um, but moving along and something that you were just speaking about was the, the curriculum. And, uh, and so I think this is a, a good segue. So in, in terms of the approach to learning at Ivy, uh, as many of you may know, tuning in right now, we are a very different way of, of teaching. So it's a, a case methodology approach. Um, so there are some MBA schools out there that teach with cases, not the same though, uh, uh, very different. And so uh, the way that we teach here at Ivy is it, it's the case methodology approach. And so it's really the practice of learning by doing. <clears throat> and so it's really about building, um, you know, that that muscle. And so it's, it's the practice of business on a day-to-day. And so really the intent here is to um, give students the ability to step into the role of decision maker, think critically and and really build that strategic um, that strategic decision making muscle and so that that happens over the course of, of the year um, and and not to scare you by any means but uh, th- that's done over the course of about 300 uh, case studies and so you, you become uh, quite adept um, quite skilled at breaking down complex information um, you know forming those opinions uh, and, and it becomes very uh, 
I, I would say it's it's a very uh, usable and and uh, and skilled uh, practice that you will bring forward throughout your career. And so that really is the difference uh, with the curriculum at Ivy. And so. Focusing a little bit on the curriculum, um, and I know you were talking a little bit about it, um, Tung, but uh, do either of you want to really kind of uh, approach what case study is, is all about and, and how that rolls out from kind of start to finish? I know you, you may want to turn or touch on the learning team aspect as well, because that's kind of a unique aspect to the learning as well. I, I can go ahead too. Um, okay. So uh, when I was looking at schools, I was debating on whether I should do case-based or just a typical classroom type learning. And I settled, um, I, I decided that I wanted to do a case-based learning method because of um, the approach to things that it takes. So for example, you're in a classroom, you start at Ivy first day. Um, you don't really have anything to guide you. It's really more like, that the professor comes in and asks you, so um, what do you think is a problem in this case? So as a manager, for example, after you graduate, you don't have a guideline of how to do your work. You actually just need to start from day one um, thinking about all these things. And that's what Ivy trains you to do. And that's what the case-based learning method, I think, trains you to do is actually to think broadly about everything. You think about the different aspects, different um, the different um, approaches to things, um, the marketing side of things, the um, human resources side of things, finance side of things. You look at it from a holistic perspective, which I think is the best benefit of learning from a case-based method in terms of the learning team as well. Um, when you get to Ivy, you get to join different learning teams in different phases of um, the year. And I think the best lesson that that taught me was really, you get to work with different people in the workplace. You get to work with people who are who you're um, similar to. Definitely get to work with people you are different to. So um, it's that practice of learning to approach the um, learning styles and I would say the thinking styles of different people that really teaches you what it's like in the workplace. So when you're there at Ivy, it's really more like, this is what you get in the workplace. So how do you navigate the space? And what I like about the case-based learning method as well is you get to practice it in a safe space where you can make mistakes. It's okay for you to make mistakes um, because you're um, at Ivy and you actually get to learn from people and how to correct those mistakes. So mm -hmm. that has been my learning experience. You can speak to that as well, Tung. Um, yes. So for me, it's actually very similar, but uh, it's just that I also want to step out my comfort zone a lot. Like, and also that's why like practice in the classroom actually helps a lot on that. But it's also because of your like knowledge, right? It's limited to a certain aspect. But when you actually in the case studies, like the professors actually show you all the aspects that you are missing, even when you actually already talk in your learning team. So it's that actually like I want that dynamic that I actually don't get from the books. It's just it's whole different experience. So when you actually in the case studies, you actually see different aspects of the case, not only what you're thinking about or like in when you're learning to talk about that, like uh, during the um, meeting, but like the professors actually showing you like what happened after that. Because this actually then he also showed that why that happened and what's the result of that decision. So you have to see like actually like 
the practice in the classroom seems real, like in certain aspects. That's what I feel like when, and I think that's why IV stand out for me because they like IV actually the second largest produce uh, publishers for case studies in North America. So that's why they have so many examples for you to learn, and so that like so you actually can practice so many different aspects. So that's why. When I'm like working like right now, I actually like because we uh, like uh, it's an investment management firm. So the companies actually have like only have a small team and have to do like a lot of jobs like in different aspects like legal works, accounting works, and I can actually join all of the conversations. So that's a really good expect that I will give you. Give you. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Yeah, that, that's really helpful. And, and I like how you touched on, um, you know, the, the, the classroom being the safe space. It, and that's really what it is. It, it's an opportunity for students to really practice the skill, um, you know, put it out there um, before they're out in the real world. Right. It's it's an it, it's a safe space to really, you know, uh, sink your teeth into the problem solving, um, make mistakes, um, get the feedback and and learn from it right before you're off uh doing it uh you know in your in your in your in your big boy or or big girl job if you will right and so um i think you know that's important to touch on as as well and uh and also thank you for bringing up about uh you know the the learning teams and the different um perspectives gained from that i think it's really that's where the beauty really happens in in the learning because you know there are so many different perspectives shared um so many different uh skill sets uh because within those learning teams Teams, um, everyone's bringing a different uh, knowledge base, you know, to to the learning, and so I think that's one of the unique factors, you know, that stands out about about the learning piece at Ivy for sure. Um, and so, with with the Ivy curriculum, as I think many of you know, tuning in, it, it is a one year program. Um, it, it is uh, outlined on our website, so we're not going to dig into the curriculum itself and and what that all entails, um, but. I would like just to talk a little bit about the elective portion. And so uh, just a high level breakdown, the the core uh, element of the program runs for the first six months. And so that would be from the March to about end of August. And and that's where you're studying the 10 core essential um, pieces of the MBA program. But then after that, that's where students really get to um, steer uh, their learning, so to speak. And so um, that's where, you know, that really the reins are put in your hands uh, to really think about what it is that you want to do. And so um, I, I think, you know, just as a recruiter, we get many questions from prospective students about this piece of the program and, and how it works and uh, and how to approach it. And, and so um, thinking about the elective portion, um, can either one of you speak to, you know, the benefits of the elective piece and, and how you went about uh, selecting and any advice, you know, for prospective students looking at elective courses? 
I can take on this one. Sure. Um, so for me, the electives actually are the most important aspect uh, when I do my MBA because I actually more geared towards finance. So like when I actually looking at the electives in the IV, it was so like comprehensive um, for like new trend, also like old trend, like value investing, sustainable finance, uh, also about things that you need to understand here when you work here is also about like uh, business law, uh, those kind of stuff, and also those entrepreneurial finance as well, operation strategy, those kind of stuff actually stick out a lot to me um, because um, I because those are the things that I lack of. And actually, so in the elective, you actually have the selection. You actually, they, there was one guy in my year that actually studied all of them, like for 12 electives. Like, it was like, I don't know how he handled it. <laughs> but like, because like the electives are really uh, like help you a lot because actually like, the, the professor, he actually had been in that field before he become a professor. So him or her become a professional. So that's why he is really practical. And the case studies actually from is some some of them use their real life case studies to actually teach us. So that's why it was really engaging. Uh, and also like how like my mindset changed a lot from the elective. Like from the the core, you actually learning a lot of basic stuff. But the elective like just give you the, like rocket science like. Like really changed your mindset a lot, and it's just like I, what, what I mentioned before is the value investing one. Um, before that, I was like, oh, Warren Buffett also do value investing. What's so different about it? And it was like, um, it, it, it was like, is there like a magic wand that you actually can do, like a formula that you can do? But like after you, um, I I took the class with Professor George. I actually thought thought that there's like even though there is an art when to pick uh, like companies and analyze companies, so and you don't actually get it. Uh, like other elective will be similar as well. It's just my experience with finance investing that make us. In part. That's why I mentioned that. So that's why I, uh, and when you actually do electives, you actually can be closer with a professor. You actually, because it's a smaller classroom, so you actually can talk more, like to actually gain more in depth knowledge within that electives. And, and the professor is really knowledgeable and really friendly. Uh, you can reach out to them at any time, uh, email them, they will get back to you almost immediately. And so it was like, uh, this was really like the elective actually like one of the main points for me. Mm-hmm. Angel, you can take touch more on this, sorry. <laughs> That's great. No, thank you for sharing that. Um, and, and you're right, like uh, in terms of, you know, the, the customization of your learning, this is really where it happens, right? This is where you get to steer your path forward. And, you know, depending on where you see yourself post MBA, this is really where, um, you know, you can leverage these courses, um, you know, to somewhat, you know, customize or, or specialize your learning. And I like how you touched on, you know, the smaller class sizes. Um, we are a smaller school, um, you know, just, uh, from an MBA perspective um, across the board, but you know these elective classes really kind of thin it out because everyone's got a different um, 
you know, uh, a different interest. And so, yes, the, the, the class sizes become smaller, which means it's a different ratio, you know, student to professor ratio. So more uh, accessible accessibility there for sure. Um, Angela, did you have anything to add about that or? Um, no, all, all I wanted yes. to do is it's actually this, my strategy was the same as um, tongues where I wanted to fill in some gaps of my skill set. For example, we learned all about the basic stuff in core, but then okay. I've, I've been in finance most of my career. So I wanted to learn more about marketing. So I took a lot of marketing courses. I also took a lot of soft skills courses, mm-hmm. power and politics, for example, or negotiations, which are two very interesting courses. Um, so yeah, but just to um, bridge some gaps in my skill set, that was really my strategy for taking some electives. That's wonderful. And and I will say, like, just touching on the electives, it, it does follow a very different um, type of model, like in terms of uh, the length of the course, you know, summer shorter, um, leader, leadership under fire. I can't talk a lot about it, but uh, that's one that uh, is kind of under wraps. But I mean, that's a very shortened course there, you know, in, in terms of the, the length, uh, duration, the outcomes of it, quite different, right? So that's really where you get to... Um, you know, pick and choose and, and have some some say and uh, in terms of your learning. And so th- thank you for sharing your your perspective there. Um, and so moving ahead uh, to the recruitment portion uh, in the career management support, which uh, Tung was talking about uh, earlier. And, and this is an area that I think is really, really important and key uh, to the program. <clears throat> and um, and I think it's so important because our career management team, um, I, I really can't say enough about them. I mean, of course, <laughs> I I work at Ivy. I work closely with them. Um, so, of course, maybe a bit biased, but uh, you can't argue just the impact that they have on our students. And, and just to throw out a, a, a stat, we are 10 plus years um, of having our Ivy career management team voted number one uh, in, in Canada for the career management support and the recruitment um, aspect of, of the program. So really, uh, they are they are superstars uh, within the program and, and the amount of support and, and guidance that they provide our students uh, from the beginning of the program. So really from day one of the program, you will be contacted uh, by a member of the career management team to really get uh, the ball rolling, uh, to get you, you know, ready to hit hit the ground running uh, when recruitment uh, comes along. So uh, I think this is a great opportunity to kind of speak about, you know, what type of support they uh, they provide you um, as a student. And and I will say that I I like to I like to use the term partner because I think that's really what they are in the process. Um, yes, they are a support, but they're there to meet you halfway. So the expectation is, is that you're going to put in, you know, a good amount of work uh, to meet them halfway in, in the process, right? To, to really um, help you meet your end goal and, and to help you land where it is that you hope to land um, post MBA. So um so just speaking a little bit about that, and maybe I can turn it over to either um, yeah, yeah I, either I one of you um, <laughs> just to talk a little bit about maybe um, the support, but also talking about having, you know, a plan in place, because I know so often I, I, I speak with prospective candidates who are focused on, you know, one aspect that they want to be in, you know, in a year's time. Um, But do you have any advice for them? Because we know that that uh, script 
can can change uh, in the course of the one year program, you know, through exposure to, to different areas of the program opportunities, you know, uh, you know, recruitment uh, um, opportunities there and, and meet up. So maybe I, I'm going to hand it over to just maybe to talk a little bit about that and then just speaking about the level of support as well. Yeah. So I think it would be really important to mention about a career report that we have to do at the beginning of the course. Like even before you actually started, uh, the career management team asked you to do a report like to see which career actually is suitable for you. So actually you actually will know like it gives you around, I think, 10 career option choices. So actually you so you can go through of them so you can see which career actually oh I didn't think about this one before so for me it was um even though I know that I actually mocked towards investment management and profit equity uh which actually like strike me out a lot is that investment banking was actually number one for my career choices I was like um but because this was so hard to break into because I used I actually uh, study I I, I Study in the past in, in the UK before. So I know like uh, investment banking like uh, in North America is is really hard to break in. Um, so it was like panicking at one point. Um, so and then also um, you actually can see that uh, the project management also um, project finance, you actually can see a lot of op- those options when you do the mm-hmm. And actually, the career management team will actually go through each one of them for with you. It's like, okay, if you want this, you actually will have to research about it. So it's just kind of like what Amy talk about is partner. So they give you a little bit of guidance, but you have to put a lot of work into that as well to see whether you're actually suitable for that career job. Mm-hmm. And also, when you do the whole year in Ivy, you actually will have a lot of uh, like, so. Uh, Curriculum. You have to do a lot of curriculum and also talk with a lot of your peers in like your learning teams. So you learn a lot of expect about like which career choices actually you want to do. So I actually do see a lot of people actually jumping from finance to consulting and also people from like jumping from engineering to consulting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why because they actually like the case study so much when they do the case studies. Uh, so. And also, like for me, it's still that I stick with investment banking because, like, is I know it's for me, but like I don't know which company that I would want to work for. So that's why it was really hard for me when a lot of people actually do like invest banking for banks. Mm-hmm. I hate I hate it a lot. <laughs> like it's just not like a typical invest banking that I want to do. So right. why uh, when I do value investing or like those electives, you actually can see that which investment banking that you want to do. So my for my stuff is actually because the professors actually help me out on that a lot. So I actually work with him on a project and he actually referred me to my current job. Excellent. Yeah, so that's why uh, what career management team help you is actually is the coffee chat. And also, like that one is the culture thing that you have to learn, like especially for internet stores. For me, is I, I don't know about coffee chat. Like it, it, like it would be happening a lot with India, like in Vietnam, is that job actually give it to you. Like because there's so many available jobs in the market. Like you don't even need a coffee chat. 
Um, right. So, but like for like in Canada, you need to connect with people. You need yeah. to. So that's why the network is actually really important. So. Yeah. That helped me a lot when I networked with my profession. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. he is very someone that really doesn't talk much, like except beside classes. Okay. Actually, <laughs> it was like to make a coffee chat with him, it took me three months. Just <laughs> 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 three months like to follow work with him, to have a coffee chat. Yeah, no, and you 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 uh, you touch on something really important, and it, and it is the connections that are being made, right? You've got those uh, those alum connections and the connections with the career management team, and and uh, you know so much of that just happens organically, being introduced and like having that relationship form and and uh, and and form into something else, right? Opportunity. Um, so yeah, thank you for sharing that, Angela. Did you have anything to add to that? I actually just wanted to um, emphasize more on what Tung um, mentioned about networking and learning about coffee chats. I think the support that career management really gives is um, personal to different people. For example, in my case, um, I mean, career management provides all types of supports from practicing for job interviews, case consulting, um, learning about coffee chats. For me personally, um, I was okay doing in job interview practices on my own or with other people. But what I really wanted their support with was learning about the coffee chat culture here in Canada, because as an international student, like Tom pointed out, it's definitely unheard of, at least where I'm from in, in the Philippines. It's not something that you do a lot, but that was something that I had to learn as an international student and get used to doing mm-hmm. a lot of um, during my time at Ivy. And it's a, actually a lesson that you learn even after you graduate. You do that all the time, even as I'm still working, I'm still doing coffee chats with people. So um, ju- just to emphasize that it the career, the support that career management gives is definitely something that's unique to you, depending on your needs as a student or as a professional. Um, I, I think the best advice that I can give is just to make sure that you do keep in contact with career management because they will reach out to you for any support that you need. You just need to do the work and meet the pathway, just like you said. Yeah, no, that that's great advice and great and great insight into that. And and I I like that you you know you you touched on on the fact that everyone needs a little bit of a different type of support level, you know, based on your skill set, and so they will they will manage that accordingly and and provide that support to you. So, um, so thank you for sharing that. Um, and then moving along. Uh, this is just a, a quick snapshot, and I, I think it's important just to note, um, you know, as a global school, it, it's really important to um, to provide kind of the overview of of you know the diversity and, and culture of the classroom. Um, I think that's part of what is so appealing and and uh, and dynamic about the, the program itself. And so, um, I just wanted to touch a little bit on on this and and give a, a brief overview of, of what um, our cohorts look like uh, year over year. Now, um, this is our twenty our class of twenty twenty one. So you can see that uh, it is a, a diverse group of uh, of students. A nice representation here. So um, 25 different passports represented in the classroom, 24 different birth countries, uh, and 34 different industries represented. So, you know, for for many thinking, oh, you know, I don't come from a commerce background. I don't come from, you know, uh, engineering or or whatever it might be. Uh, You can see here that it's quite diverse in terms of uh, what we look at and uh, what we recognize and, and, and who we want in our classroom. So, um, and that industry representation makes up 
like I said, engineering, finance, um, we've got healthcare, retail, uh, manufacturing, tech, uh, construction, uh, you know, many marketing, all really everything. Um, there's something for everyone. So uh, just keeping that in mind when you're looking at the MBA program, just, you know, don't self-select yourself out, you know, based on the industry that you're coming from or or the background that you're coming from, um, you know, whether that's an arts background or whether that's a, a finance background, there's really a place for everyone here um, at Ivy. And uh, yeah, so just wanting to make that very clear. Uh, 28 is about the average age of students coming in to the program. But again, you know what, don't get stuck on uh, the average. And I always, I, I say that to prospective candidates because I think, you know, you really have to look at uh, the breadth of experience that you're bringing to uh, the classroom um, and, you know, what you can share, your perspectives. And so uh, that's why you see the range here, 24 up to 35 years of age. And so uh, th there's there's quite a vast, uh, you know, difference there, but it's really about the level uh, of your contributions uh, that you're bringing forth. And so, you know, when you're looking to apply, some may have three years of experience, some may have 10 years of experience, but it's really, you know, what it is, uh, what, what is the impact that you've had and, and what can you, you know, bring forward, you know, to share with your classmates. Um, and so really that's what it's about. So I, I just want to I always want to touch on that uh, just because I think people get stuck on, on the averages, um, but, but don't, <laughs> because again, it's, it's, it's about, uh, you know, not select self selecting out um, in this case. So uh, just looking a little bit at the domestic and international ratio here. So about a 70, 30 split. Um, so that's domestic PR um, with about 30% international that uh, varies year to year, you know, 75 to, uh, it could be actually 65 to 35, um, similar to the male female ratio. So we are creeping up. I'm, I'm happy to say with the male female ratio, um, 65, 35. Um, and we're hoping to, you know, just build a little bit more uh, to that uh, 60, 40, eventually we will get there. So it's all, all in all, it's a very uh, in, inclusive and um, globally uh, represented uh, classroom. So um, I, I just wanted to, you know, pass it over to, to you both just to speak a little bit about your experiences in terms of, you know, the demographics in, in the classroom and, and really how that lent to your learning and, um, you know, exposure of, of, you know, whether it was different industries, different cultures, um, you know, how that added to the dynamics of your learning. Um, I would touch on this because I think my class would be quite unique. Um, because this study is actually about 2021. Yeah. So I graduated uh, like in 2021. So this will be my class, I assume. Um, yeah. So this, um, so in my class, there's a former Olympian. I'm not sure you would actually like impressed with that. He's actually like uh, one of the brightest person in the class. He like, I'm not sure how he handled it. He actually like, uh, like he, play sport as a career and also study math in the university. Like how he handled it is something that I don't understand. Uh, so, and he actually in my learning team as well. So it was like, he's so brilliant. Like he got like, uh, when you talk to him, he catch up with you, <clears throat> sorry. He catch up with you really fast. Like, and then he actually based, based on what you say, he actually 
elaborate on your ideas. It was like something, it was amazed me every single time I talked to him. And so that's why, um, and Ivy is really hand down for this. Like Ivy is really good at picking up candidates like for the classroom. So you actually can see that we have so many different ideas when when we talk in class. And like just like, um, like beside the Olympian person, there's also uh, from um, uh, a person from, uh, I think from uh, like uh, China, from Huawei. Like he also, the person, like he one of the people, few people that actually like work in IT and you actually would not need like because he actually like work from like nine to like nine p.m. Like that's how the China clock works. So you would not see him outside classroom or outside work. So like for like Ivy actually pick someone like that, and you actually have the opportunity to talk to him how like to get inside how Chinese tech work. It was marvelous. So that's why it was like I'm high style on that one for, for like Ivy. Like so, for the average age, I I, I do agree. Don't sell so like you out. Like mm-hmm. like well, there was one um like lady in my classroom. She was like was selected as the section rep, and then we later learned that she was twenty four years old. Mm-hmm. She was like one of the brightest person in the class. Like you would not. Like, and especially it was still during the pandemic. So she handled us really well. And we are the grown person and she's the youngest person in the class. Like, <laughs> we handled the grown-ups, like, not the grown-up handle her. So it was like, those are so little up. That's what I would say. Perfect. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a great story. That's a great story. Angela, anything from you? So I would say this is 21 Batch. This is actually similar to my batch in terms of representation. So yeah, I do agree with Tong in that there's a lot you can learn from people who are different from you in terms of age, in terms of experience. The classroom discussion has been a lot more lively because of the different perspectives that are offered in the classroom. Um, in my class, for example, we have a doctor, we have um, a wine expert. So it's it's interesting to see their perspectives because as someone who's been on the business side of things, been in the corporate side of things, it's these are things that or their perspectives are are those that I've not heard of ever um, before. Also, just to touch upon the male-female ratio, um, I think this is true as well in our class. And um, to all females out there who are thinking about getting an MBA and thinking about the challenges of potentially getting an MBA from um, far away from your country, I think, it, I mean, your, your, your doubts are definitely out there. It's, it's definitely something that we all acknowledge. But at the same time, um, the support that Ivy gives in terms of um, being a female in the class and even the support that you get from your female um, classmates is definitely immense in that um, you actually won't feel left out even if you do have responsibilities at home or you're thinking about whether you want to prioritize your career or your family life. Like it's, it don't, um, don't get me wrong, but the curriculum is definitely challenging, but at the same time, I'm telling you, it is definitely doable. Um, again, because of the support that you get from everyone around you, from career management, from, um, from your professors, from your classmates. So I would say it's definitely doable that that's all I really wanted to have as I was there. 
Yeah, no, I'm really happy that you um, broached that subject, um, Angela, just because, um, you know, I think that, and and we we had a discussion just uh, prior to going on, just, you know, I think um, the female cohort coming in may have, you know, greater responsibilities in some cases, you know, many come with with families um, or with with spouses. And um, and so there there may be that additional piece that they're thinking about, um, you know, embarking on the program. And, you know, what about the family aspect? You know, it's kind of, um, you know, it's that much more complicated, more to think about. Um, And and something that um, I, I would just like to mention is that you know, on top of what Angela said, we do have great supports there. If, like she said, through the program itself, through um, the women in the program, um, but also we have um, some fantastic uh, supports uh, onboarding. And so we have, we work with um, a, a fantastic organization, City Match, uh, who really do an amazing job at, um, you know, helping families, um, individuals and families, um, make the relocation seamless. And so they really work with uh, everyone to make sure that they're, you know, in uh, in a residence in, in an area where they're supported by others, maybe with similar interests, uh, those with families um, who you can lean on, right? Because I think that's really important um, to have that community feel and, and to feel um, included, you know, and, and heard. And so that is something that uh, we, we really... Um, make a point of doing and uh, something that we continue to work towards and and make uh, better year after year. So I'm happy that you touched on that as well, um, because we know that that can be a challenge, definitely. So thank you for for sharing that. And I think, you know, the next piece here is... um, Yes, we've got the curriculum, um, which is an important part of the MBA program, but we cannot forget about the the student life aspect, which um, is in some ways just as important. Um, I think, you know, this would include your your clubs and your teams. And so on the more formal um, part of the clubs, that's your executive uh, club. So that's where you've got your president and your vice president uh, and all those formal positions. And then you've got um, more of the uh, like the other clubs that are sanctioned clubs through the MBA program, which include consulting clubs, you know, the operations club, supply chain management club, etc. There are like this slide says 45 plus clubs, so many to choose from. Um, whatever you know uh, suits your interests, there's something for you. And and really, you know, being an MBA student, yes, it's about you know being involved, uh, doing the work. Um, but it's also about being a contributing member, um, you know, within the community itself. Um, I think there's so much to offer um, within the school itself and, and to connect and, and to give back and to make a difference. So um, just maybe flipping it over to both, if it, can either one of you speak to any clubs that you belong to and, and the process about, um, you know, onboarding onto that and the selection process, whatever that might be? I can start with that. So I actually didn't join a lot of um, clubs at Ivy just because I, I felt like I had. So a, a lot of the clubs, for example, at Ivy, you have consulting, you have finance, um, which are two areas that I didn't really I wasn't really interested in in joining. But then at one point 
during the program, I think it was at the very beginning, I was actually thinking for a hot minute there of joining a consulting firm after graduation because everyone was. So I was thinking, was this something that was for me? So I actually joined the consulting club for I think a week. And in that week, I saw a lot of the activities that they had. So if you're someone who wanted to go into consulting, the consulting club, for example, would have a lot of activities for you. You have um, case studies, you have um, case interview practices. So during that week, I actually did a lot of things related to consulting, which eventually led me to the decision that maybe this wasn't for me. But the fact that in just a week, I did a lot of these things. I, I spent time with friends doing case interviews, gave me the impression that the clubs here at Ivy are really serious about um, helping you hone your interests. Mm-hmm. Um, another club that I joined was um, Toastmasters Club. I'm actually not sure if it's a um, if it's an official club, but because I wanted to learn more about networking and coffee chats, I wanted to practice how I speak with people because that's something I really didn't do a lot back home. Um, That definitely helped me. So similar to the consulting club, we had a lot of sessions about, you know, just having small talk with people, chatting with people, thinking about topics off the top of your head, just to speak with people about. Um, And because we did a lot of those, that definitely helped me with my coffee chats in the future. So um, I I think all of this to say that I've been seeing this from the very beginning. Ivy does give you a lot of support depending on your needs and your interests. So I, I don't know. I, I, there was never a time where I feel like maybe there's something, maybe I need to go outside to look for the support that I need because the student life, um, the, the professors, everyone at Ivy was really supportive of, of my interests and my needs. That's great. Great. What about you, Tung? Anything to add? Um, so... My year was a pandemic year, so <laughs> the class <Yes>. like suffering <laughs> a lot. <laughs> uh, so, but it, there's a good thing about it. So the alumni actually reach out to uh, the clubs or the career management team offer help. So that's something that you would not see from others like schools. Um, so they actually offer help for free. They give out like few t- like hours of their times uh, every week just to help us with actually coffee chats or actually with uh, networking. Like, so it was different to me that actually like for alumni is like for them to pay it forward and also the culture for them. Like Ivy, like Ivy MBA is really important to them. And you actually can see that even after I graduated as well, like I offer help like for free for mm-hmm. students to reach out to me. And like if I actually see like the pandemic happened again, it was I'm not not sure. Uh, <laughs> but like I I would reach out to the school and offer help for free as well. So and that's why the clubs actually uh like it's helped the club a lot because they um they couldn't like uh, we couldn't like team be in person, like don't know what to do. It was like really hectic in the first like few months, like when we started the, uh, the program. So, but like the actually the alumni help us through that, like especially during like the recruitment season. Mm-hmm. They actually like there like almost every week for you. Actually, it, like this was like like you don't seem that you actually like just like Angela mentioned this is that you don't need to reach out to others like you actually like 
just because you already have like have a lot of help in within the, in the community. Like it's mm-hmm. like a tiny community. So so that's why well like in my year I, I joined like uh, because I was like curious about a lot of things. So I, I joined the consulting club, finance club. Uh, Toastmasters was not there in my year <laughs> because of the whole pandemic thing. So we, 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 like everyone tried to keep up, like to have the Toastmasters for the first few months, but then it put them like yeah. all from that. Yeah. You guys were able to pivot pretty well. You guys managed, you know, with, with the best of your ability, you yes, know, given yes. the circumstances. Absolutely. So, so like, so for the alumni, they actually offers like uh, the interview, uh, like uh, the case study, uh, case interview. It was really helpful, even for yeah. me, not like in consulting yeah. at all. They actually really provide a really like constructive feedback that you yeah. actually can working on, and like you can see people improving really fast with the mm-hmm. alumni have. So it's just so. In my I, I I'm not sure about how other years work. For our year, alumni help us a lot. Yeah. I have yeah. to give the credit to them. Yeah, no, that I'm I'm glad you brought up the alumni piece. Um and, and they are uh instrumental, I would say, in, in the student experience and, and in terms of the support that is given. Um and and, and the pain it forward aspect. I mean, that is ingrained, I, th- I think, in the culture of Ivy. Um, and it's something that just happens. It's it's just uh, an organic process. I think, you know, if you were to call on uh, an, an alum at any time, uh, they are there to help you. They will respond. They will respond to you um, and, and be there to, to help. And uh, they really do want to see uh, students succeed. Right. And so that that's a perfect example of, of what you brought forward there, Tung. So thank you. That was uh, that was great insight. Um, so I think, you know, at this stage, I, I can't believe it, but we're almost <laughs> we're almost to the end of the session. Um, that was a very fruitful uh, conversation. But it was great. Um, so I think I just want to round out uh, the session with just a few key things to look at uh, for those that are tuning in. Um, So if you haven't done so already, um, I I would definitely suggest uh, to submit your resume for a preliminary assessment. That is usually the first point of contact that you'll have with a member of our admissions team. Um, and, And this is where you will be provided some high-level feedback and any next steps moving forward um, as you look at the application process. We also have some great webinars and podcasts. We have one um, specifically focused on the international experience, um, and so that is one I would definitely encourage um, our international students to tune into. And just keeping keeping in mind that the next deadline is July 11th. We do have rolling admissions. So um, that is obviously soft. Uh, So whenever you're ready to submit, please do so. And then I guess the the key piece here uh, to flag is September 19th as the last day to apply if you are considering the March 2023 intake. And then any additional questions can, of course, go to the MBA at IB.ca general inbox. So um, I just want to thank Angela and Tung for their time this morning. I know it it was early getting started, so uh, I know they were able to get a few coffees in (laughs) started. But uh, if there are any questions, we have a few minutes. And so uh, we'll just maybe hand it over to whomever has a question to ask.
if there are any. <laughs> Hi, my name yeah. is I, Sorry, I think we're speaking together. Is there someone else trying to speak? No, it's okay. Sure, go ahead. I, I can come next. All right, oh. thank you so much. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, it's so nice to hear from you guys and uh, hear, you know, actual information about your experience. Um, and I guess I'm just wondering um, if you were, I mean, I heard your story and I know you guys didn't have much of a shift in what you wanted out of your career. Um, you guys kind of were pretty set um what you had decided with what you want out of the experience but i'm just wondering um from your peers did you have anybody that kind of went into the program with a different mind and you know ended up liking something else through the electives or you know um refreshing their core and decided to like you know switch um business lines or something of that sort and how easy and how hard was that or how hard was that I can touch a bit on this. Uh, I have a really good case on that. Um, so did we have a, like a friend as well in our, a classmate. She won a Hong Kong pigeon uh, like a few years back. And she's actually working arts uh, like uh, in film industries for uh, before pre-Ivy. But then she actually got into consulting like she really like uh, case interviews, but then ended up in finance in bank, commercial bank. So I, it's actually like, is this because you have a lot of paths and you have to learn so many skills uh, that you actually can decide which one that you actually want to do. So um, it it's really like how you actually position yourself when you do like that's how the current management team will play a role when you do that. So that's why uh, I think IV is really good when if you want to see things like industry, uh, if it's actually one of your goal. Um, Angela, if you want to touch on this. No, I actually have no particular anecdotes for that, but I do want to say that a lot of people from my class um, had consulting in mind coming into the program. So a lot of them were in different industries. They were engineers, they were doctors, but um, because they wanted to shift to consulting, Ivy, I think is very known for its consulting um, consulting prep program. So um, because of all the resources that they have at Ivy to help them support the transition, they're actually in very good positions right now in consulting firms. So that was, I think that, I'm not sure if that answers your question, um, but yeah, we need to have those. Wonderful. And I think, uh, thank you. Perfect. Okay. And I, it was Sandy that was next. So I, and then we'll go to Siddharth as the last question. Um, so Sandy, yeah, please go ahead. Yeah. Thank you so much. This is really helpful. And um, I actually have one or two questions. If you need to cut short due to the time, no problem at all. Uh, but I just want to hear a little bit more about your experience of, you know, managing your own expectation or potentially that fear on, of uncertainty going into another country and landing a job there because, you know, definitely there's going to be some uncertainty. And I, I guess the second part of the question is about if you can share a little bit more of your experience, how to stand out, not to stand out from, 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 from the local candidates, but uh, in the job market, how do you deal with that potential lack of con Canadian context? Because that would probably be a, a, one of the concerns that I have for now uh, for that big move. So yeah, thank you so much. I can touch on the first question about the uncertainty. So 
I hear what you're saying. That was definitely uh, something on my mind as well, coming into the program and moving to Canada. Uh, but like I said, it's, I think Ivy provides a ton of resources for all your questions. For, for example, uh, moving to Canada or relocation, we do have, we, uh, Ivy does provide resources for that city mesh, as Amy said. So um, there are local London-based company that provides you with um, navigating um, everything about living living in London, looking for an apartment, putting you in touch with potential roommates, navigating the transit system. So something as small as that is definitely something that they can provide you support with. Um, your and your questions about career or shifting or looking for a job here in Canada, of course, you might want to stay back after graduation. So the career management is definitely helpful for that. We do have a very strong network um, of IV alum that can help you with the transition as well. When I do reach out to IV alum for um, coffee chats, they would never bat an eyelash and say no, because that is a paid forward culture where people from other classes help them network with other people. So it's their turn to kind of help us. And now that we're alums, we kind of help um, the current class with, with their network needs. So it, it's that continuous loop of support that we get. Um, and of course, your classmates as well. Do not um, discount your classmates. They give you a ton of support as well. Coming to Canada, I did not have any family, so I made a really great support system out of my classmates. I moved to Toronto after um, just as the pandemic started, and I have a very good group of people from my class who are, who are actually my neighbors right here. So it was really good for us to just keep in touch during the pandemic. So I would say it's the support that you get from your entire Ivy community that definitely helps quell any concerns or um, issues that you might have about moving. Thank you so much. Um, so I can touch a little bit more on that as well. It's um, it, for sure, like the expectation, uh, like um, there are a lot of people who actually uh, like work as a manager in their home country and also like moving here, they have to decide whether because of like the international experience is that being discounted here. Um, I would say that it depends really. Uh, because how you actually position yourself is really the important point. I have one friend who actually worked in Singapore and he's so determined that he will get a manager role here. Uh, and he actually did. He actually did get a, a senior role as a senior consultant at one of the big four firms here. Is it how you like? So he actually struggled quite a bit. I, that's for sure because he was struggling how to position himself. So he worked in the banks in Singapore, and he he was like struggling how to position himself here. And but when he actually like. You can see the process, like towards the end, he actually, because of the support system, he actually got a, like the like that job, like uh, description from a friend of friend. So it's, that is the system that we have here at Ivy. So when they, we know that you are looking for this job, we are actually going to looking out for you as well. So we're going to, oh, sending out, oh, this is the job that you might be interested in. So he actually, then he talked directly to the hiring manager, so which is really important here. So how you stand out as a candidate? Because it's like, uh, it was during the pandemic. I'm not sure of how like normals have, but like, for our year, standing out is one of the big questions for us. So we we like talking to directly to the hiring manager and he actually engaged with that talk with my friend for an hour. 
And like and at the end of the like the conversation, he was like, "Why are you not applying for a higher position? Why are you like settle down with a senior consultant like position? You, I think you could apply for a manager role." So that's how you actually position yourself as a candidate. Mm-hmm. So and the career management team actually uh, like help you on, on that a lot. Even at the, uh, uh, he got a job offer as a senior consultant, and but like. He was not like sure like, about the, like like about the negotiations aspect of the of the uh, job offers. So he actually talked with the career management team actually to discuss about that. And the career management team was so like helpful with that mm-hmm. whole process. So that would be the I think I'm not sure like would be first or second, but like <laughs> how it answered your question. Wonderful. Thank you for that. I know that uh, we're a little bit over. Was there one quick uh, question? Was it Ashwin? I'm I'm sorry that we didn't get to you. Is there? Was there? Maybe not. I, I saw the hand up. I just. Uh, it, I think it was Siddharth. Was yeah. it Siddharth? Okay, Siddharth. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Siddharth. Hi. Thank you, Amy. Uh, thank you, Angela. Thank you, Tang. I, I, it was really an amazing session. I'm currently head over heels and looking at the office building. I'm, I'm really soon away. Uh, but say, uh, since we, we shared the background of coming from Asia, right? And, and given that the MBA program, which is usually two years, is, is uh, crunched and packed into one year, which, which, which I really actually like. Uh, but my question would be around, uh, since it would be in one year, and I know there are a lot, lot of things to cover. Uh, were there any challenges on personal front uh, that you faced going from an Asia-based education system to a Canadian-based education system? Or, or like, because I, I have experience of currently two years and I'm really in, in, into, uh, you know, learning more about management. So I would want to try a lot of things. So how, how did you uh, manage your coursework and then your extracurricular and then, of course, your student life, like your personal experience, that would really help. Yeah, so I can touch a bit on this. Um, so um, it's from an Asia background, so I'm really like, like I like challenging myself a lot. Um, so, and that's why the one year program was really sticking, one of the sticking points for me. I was like, I was so determined that I would be ASAP <laughs> in one year. So, but um, I actually think that when uh, you should set, if you are from Asia, you should set a really high expectation for yourself. And that, might be a good thing and also a bad thing as well. Uh, that was uh, like because um, because you keep like when you uh, when you because you can see that it, from the course it was starting to slowly and but then it's really accelerate because it's one year so it's really compact. So how you actually handle it is also the pressure on yourself. I would say that don't set uh, your expectation too high. But also, like, know what you want to do. So, like, at the end of, like, the course, uh, like, after the program, what you want to have at the end is actually what you should do that. But, like, if you want to do every single thing in one year, it's going to be challenging for you. And But that would be tough on you and tough on your family. But if you actually accept, like, the challenge, I know a lot of people actually do that. 
uh, like is is something that they can do, especially for Indian students. Like they manage the course, they ace the course, they got uh, a job offer at a big three consulting firm, BCG, Ben, uh, McKinsey. You name it. Indian students are really one of the um, like uh, work like very work hard like students like, but yes, but like you should set expectation for yourself. Um, not because it will be tough. The one year even for everyone, but that's why the the community is there for help you to for to be there to help you. So even like when you don't understand something, just shout out and everyone will be there to help you. Um, just, yes, I'm not sure, Angela, you want to touch on this. I just have to just enjoy the program. That's it. Aside from don't set, I mean, don't set too much expectation for yourself. Just enjoy the program. Like, because because I think once I'm there, I'll, I'll, I'll be like a child lost in a, in a store full of toys. But then, yes, of course, I'll have to set my goals straight. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it seems like a very conductive and, and it's a close-knit community. The environment seems very conductive. So, yeah. Uh, hoping for the best. Thank you. Wonderful. Well, thank you. I know that we went a little bit over and thank you, Angela and Tung, for sharing your time and, and expertise with, with all of us. Uh, I hope everyone benefited from that conversation. Um, and uh, if you do have any questions, like I said, please reach out to the team. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you and thank you again and have a great day ahead. Bye. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. For more information on our MBA program and other online resources, please visit go.ivy.ca forward slash MBA.